Hello and welcome to the Rock Your Voice podcast. Vocal coaching tips that will transform your voice, interviews that will inspire, industry guidance, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today on the Rock Your Voice podcast, I'm joined by Matt Blaze, who is a fantastic singer, songwriter, musician, performer, Calgary-based artist, all the things. He is a wonderful guy, and it's so great to catch up with you, Matt. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, It's a really interesting time right now for musicians, performers, and uh, the positive, really, is that it's freed up a bit more time for everyone to catch up and do things like this. So thank you for joining me, and uh, I'm really glad you could make time to spend uh, chatting. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've chatted with a few people who I hadn't chatted with for years and I don't know if it's like boredom <laughs> or or if it's people just being like thinking about other people yeah like I said it's been really cool because it's finally having the friggin time to do it too it's like oh well you know because you my studio is in Calgary and I'm living in Cochrane now so it's like oh. that commute is wiped out of the day so I now have so much more time to do more fun things which I'm it's, loving it's nice like I I just really can't wait until uh all commutes right. are are done and if that means like self-driving robot cars yeah. <laughs> where I can you know sit and do some work or have a nap or yep. whatever you yeah. know, that's that's what I want. I just want a robot <laughs> chauffeur. Would you trust a car that much to nap in it if it was a robot car? I mean, oh, <laughs> our connection future. went glitchy there. Oh. See, talking about trusting robots. Uh, I was, uh, I mean, not not necessarily right now. I don't know <laughs> if the technology is is there just yet, but but soon. They're working on it. It's going to happen. And will I, will I truly trust a robot? Probably not. But <laughs> trust it enough to not crash itself and me? So I guess if it's a self-aware robot, then you could kind of trust it, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> so how did you get into music, Matt? You've got a really interesting background and a very interesting sound. So where did it all come from? Well, I don't, I, I don't remember my first musical memory but i but i've got a lot of small ones like okay. i remember i remember waking up uh christmas morning and pulling an elvis cassette tape uh-huh. out of my stocking Aww. that was an, that was an early one uh i remember my parents would get me to listen to instead of just like the typical kids music uh-huh. you know they got me to listen to yellow submarine right. and octopus's garden right. you know so so they nurtured that from, I think, a, a fairly early age. And so there, from there, I started doing Elvis impersonations. Oh. And uh, I would make a guitar out of a Kleenex box and elastic bands. And my brother would play drums on, on Tupperware, which is stuff that I, that I think uh, all, all kids do in, in some way. Yeah. It wasn't really until high school that I started to take it more seriously. And that's right. because I got, you know, really serious and moody. And <laughs> I was, I was writing my own uh, poetry and right. I wanted to try putting that to songs. So I borrowed a friend's guitar and just as a means of expression. Right. Next thing I knew, I had a, a band and we were playing at parties and then little 
uh, city events and then a couple of festivals. And then I woke up one day and I uh, had been playing music professionally for the last 13 or so years. Awesome. I love that so much. And, and I love that your parents were not like, okay, wheels on the bus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there was some of that, but I just, uh, it's not what stuck. Totally. And, and you know what? It's interesting that you should, should bring up that kind of 70s Beatles stuff because that is reflected in your style. Personally, I feel like you're definitely not, um, like your music has depth to it. I mean, fair enough. Octopus's Garden and Yellow Submarine is a lot more acid related depth, I think, than actual emotional poetry. Um, but yeah, your music seems to have a lot more depth to it than what was, um, I guess. Okay. Bit of backstory. So we, we met more, um, during the amp radio days. So we met mm -hmm. back in the day when, when, um, Matt was part of a contest, uh, like, I hate to use the phrase battle of the bands, but it was basically, that's a summary of kind of what it was. Um, so your music stood out because of that depth. It wasn't just like, here's a catchy pop tune. Here's, you know, what? There, there was like more to it. So, so that's kind of interesting to me that the, the seventies Beatles thing and the Elvis, like Elvis, what kid gets an Elvis cassette for Christmas? I, <laughs> Elmo. I, I, I loved Elvis, you know, I, I, I've always been a bit of a an old soul. I feed off nostalgia. And right. so, you know, it, it doesn't just stop there. I mean, one of the reasons that I I play uh, harmonica is the old blues legends. Yes. Right? And and lately I've been into some really early jazz. And nice. um I I don't know. Like I there's some connection that I can't quite reach. Right. Um and so I I look backwards for it. I love that. I love that. So that how, okay. So when did you, did you start taking regular guitar lessons or were you self-taught or? I, I learned a few things on, on my buddy's guitar. I wanted to take it more seriously. So I, I asked for guitar lessons. My mom put me in guitar lessons and I went to three of them. Okay. And it was not, it was not for me. And the reason was at the time, I thought it was because, like, I'm kind of stubborn and I'm going to learn on my own. But uh, I didn't – the truth is I didn't know what I wanted to learn okay. at that time. So I, I walked into guitar lessons wanting to play guitar but not knowing what songs I wanted to play, like – acoustic or electric do i want to do i want to learn led zeppelin or do i want to learn spice girls right, i was just right. like i was so um uh overcome by options right. uh, and so the teacher would teach me the stuff that that he liked and i thought uh you know what i think i could figure this out on my own uh, -huh. uh at my own pace because i'm still trying to figure out who I want to be right, right. as, as an early musician. So I quit after three lessons and then just learned off what I could uh, by ear yeah, and by jamming with friends. I love that. I love that. I, I was the same as a kid. It was just like, why am I learning this Royal School of Music stuff that is just sucking the life out of me when I want to go sing 
rock stuff <laughs> but it was at the time because I'm an old old wench now but at the time when I was a kid it was like there were no teachers teaching that there was no YouTube there was no no outlet for commercial music it was just like you're either a rebel and you go learn it that way a la Matt Blaze or you uh you go do lessons and you learn it the structured boring way but um, no, that's really cool. That's cool. So how did how did your singing progress? How did you get into the singing? Was it just like, I, I want to sing my songs or? I think it was, well, it was a combination of, of two things. I used to do theater mm. before I was into music. And so I, I, that was some acting. That was musicals. Nice. The, the very first recording of me yes. is actually me as Ka the Snake singing uh in an original production of the jungle book i love this uh a storybook theater in calgary yeah so i i had never uh been in a recording studio before mm -hmm. i don't think i would ever sang into a real microphone how and, old were you oh i'm, I'm not sure maybe i want to say 15 okay and was it the trust in me song no, no. So, so it was all original because, oh. like, it's so expensive to license the Disney yes. music. So it was an original script, original That's songs, cool. and everything. I wore like a green, uh, <laughs> like spandex leotard. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, so what I remember from that is I was the worst singer in the cast. Ah. Because. I had never taken singing lessons. I wasn't ex experienced with it. In junior high, here's a here's a singing story. I always liked to sing. Yes. My family sang. We would sing on road trips. Love it. And, and then in uh, junior high, there was like an assembly. Right. And we wanted to sing a, a song. So I'm like, you know, puberty age here. Right. You know, trying to get my confidence. And we decide we want to perform uh, Everything is All Right from Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. And I get given the part of Jesus. <laughs> and he's got, he's got this really high piercing. Yes. Uh, amazing, amazing note. And so it comes time for the performance of the day. And I, I ramp up into this note. And at the very last second... Uh, my confidence just oh. like I, I panic and I and I dip and my voice cracks and the school laughs. No. And, oh, it's like I distinctly remember being like, I will never sing again. Oh. Like why why put yourself out there uh, when when oh the the pain is so bad, the embarrassment is so bad. So I, I truly didn't sing for for a long time. Oh my word. And then with the acting, I kind of got back into it. So, so then here I am as Ka the Snake, and now I'm, I'm again not the best singer in the cast. So I thought I'm never gonna be a Celine Dion. I'm never gonna be uh, Andrea Bocelli. I I have to find my own voice, yes. and so I gravitated to. Jim Morrison right. and Bob Dylan yeah. and Bruce Springsteen, guys who had a particular point of view, yeah. a particular style, yeah. who, you know, could not sing their way out of a paper bag. 
uh, but had distinct stories and distinct voices. And the, the singing just became a vehicle to tell a story. You nailed it. You were like, oh, the, the confident, I didn't have the confidence. And so it, it fell apart with hitting that big high note. And confidence is 99% of the battle. If you'd have had the confidence and the balls at that moment to be just like, screw it, I'm just going to give her. It would might have been a very different story. Yeah. But I love the turn that it did take because it took you on this journey to find, like you say, find your sound. So like, it's, it's so interesting. I have students every day where I'm just like, no, it's the confidence that will carry your voice. If you're anticipating failure, if things are locking up and you're terrified and just you're not freeing your voice, things that the inevitable is going to happen. But if you have the confidence and you dig into it, you're good. You're good. Hmm. I'd like to say you're going to be fine. <laughs> the odds yeah. are you're going to be fine. Um, but I just love the way that you you took this and you explored what your voice can do in in your way that is like I don't want to say safe but genuine that's your genuine sound like knowing your instrument knowing what you can do with it and you've discovered something really cool like you have one of the most unique sounds that I think um I've heard what like in the local bands in the Calgary scene anyway I think you guys like your band and your music and your your voice is like the most unique sound um, like you hear you and it's like that's Matt as opposed to other things that are around so I really love that that's the journey that that it took for you well and that that journey is still ongoing yeah my first my first record even vocally sounds different than my second right. and my third and probably will my my fourth yes because I mean so pre-COVID, mm-hmm. last year, I played 186 shows. Wow. So that's how I pay my bills, yeah, how I make yeah. my living. So you have to maintain your voice and sing in a style that will allow you to uh, play that yeah. much or, or to be the workhorse. I remember making, making fun of... Um, I'm not sure if it was Mariah Carey or or sort of one of those like vocal divas yeah. for lack of better term about no my water needs to be this temperature yes. my dressing room needs to be this level of humidity and obviously there is some uh, extravagance to yes. those those things however uh, you when you know what works for you mm-hmm. and your goal is to make the best performance possible uh, my opinions kind of changed on that. It's yeah. like, whatever she's, she's doing that. She's asking that so that she feels the comfort and the confidence right. that you need for uh, a legendary performance. Exactly. It's so true. It's uh, people laugh at the, the divas for all of that stuff, but you're so right. It's like at the end of the day, it's about entertaining the audience. If you're not taking care of your instrument, what are you going to deliver on stage? Yeah, I mean, their answer would be a recorded track. Or a quick shot of steroids. Because <laughs> I saw a Christina Aguilera uh, documentary and she had a really bad flu. And it was like, okay, well, you know, I can't sing. We're going to have to cancel the show. And it's like, bend over, a quick shot in the butt. And there she was performing like she's never sang before in her life. And it was just like, oh, okay, so that's how they do it, which is kind of scary. But um... <laughs> I remember even hearing... Um... Frank Sinatra. Right. There, there was some, there was some drug or some like 
I don't know if it was like a steroid spray or something right. like that, but it was, they, uh, they get worked so hard and the yeah. stakes are so high. The companies yeah. are so big that, uh, you know, a missed show yeah. costs thousands and thousands of dollars and potentially jobs for people. Yes. So there have been times that I have wished for, uh, you know, the power to have somebody steroid me in the yes. butt so that I can perform. But uh, being the indie guy that I am, I've, I've had to sing with strep throat before. Oh my gosh. How did you manage that? Uh, whiskey right. and, and painkillers yeah. and, and a supportive band that, yes. that was just like, yeah, we'll, we'll cover you. We'll yeah. sing as much as we can. And, you know, extended guitar solos. Right. That, that's, that's the thing with um, the longer you do this, the uh, I, I say to some of my guitar students, I say the difference between uh, a good guitar player and a professional guitar player is that the professional knows how to hide their mistakes. Mm -hmm. They still make them. Yeah. Uh, but they know how to hide them. Like there's right. that there's that thing if you're playing jazz music and you make a mistake just do it three more times and then it sounds intentional <laughs> i love it so so again being professional is finding a way to still play that show yes. even if you're holding back tears yeah i did a gig once and it was um same thing my vo there were just notes that just were not coming out it, and it's terrifying it's like you just you're just trying really hard you want everyone to have a good time and the audience to enjoy it and it's just like no these sounds are not coming out and that's where again having an awesome band to cover your ass is uh really important it really really does help for sure how did the harmonica yeah. come into play because you are damn the good harmonica. at it and i love it again it's Thank that you. you're unique you've got your sound and and the harmonica thing is just that's your thing and it sounds awesome so how, how did that come to play that came about uh because of the movie free willy okay which is like the most 90s thing ever uh i wanted to be a marine biologist when that, that movie came out because uh, for people who haven't seen the movie, there's this lonely kid down on his luck. He's got nobody. And he breaks into like an, a, this a sea world type aquarium and he befriends this whale, Willie. And this little troubled kid has a harmonica that he plays and the whale responds to it. And they talk. And it's just like this blew my childhood mind. Aww. And I wanted to talk to whales so badly. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my it was, heart it was my favorite movie and so my grandparents got me uh harmonica uh-huh which i learned how to play the little thing from free willy and that's oh. about it and it sat in a drawer for years until i got into bob dylan right. and so as i was learning the guitar i had this harmonica yeah and i saw it had a little c written on it so i i've knew that I could play the C chord right. on the guitar with the harmonica and I would do it at the same time. I, I set, I set the harmonica on top of the guitar. No oh hold, my gosh. And just like, and bent over and tried <laughs> to play them at the same time. So if you, uh, if you look up my, uh, my second album, the uh -huh. second album is called the heartbeat. Uh, but there's a song on it called looking at you now, uh -huh. which is an adaptation of the very first song that I ever wrote with 
uh, harmonica. That's awesome. And it's, it's got this like descending C line uh-huh. because that's what I could play yeah. on the harmonica. So yeah, my love of Free Willy, my love of Bob Dylan, and then a little bit later, my, my love of the blues. Nice. And I, I learned that the harmonica is very much an extension of the human voice right? is very expressive. Uh-huh. You feel very connected to it. You hear the harmonica inside your head, right. like do uh, your voice. Right. So uh, it, it came very naturally to me. I never took lessons. Uh, I just kind of viewed it as what I heard in my head. If it didn't have words, then it could be a harmonica part. That is really, really cool. I love it. Did you ever go back to guitar lessons? No. No. Wow. And then, and then I just started teaching them. Yeah. Yeah. uh, From the perspective of just don't ever do what that guitar teacher did to me. Yes. Like don't don't just throw, you know, numbers on, on the tab or notes on the page, make it about, finding your voice and finding what you like and so so i i'm not the best guitar player Mm -hmm. okay so i'm so i'm not the best guitar teacher right right you know but i like to think of myself as more of like an artistic teacher yeah we're gonna find out what makes ed sheeran popular and what makes his songs and his riffs catchy right we're not necessarily gonna you know be able to play all the Dimebag Daryl stuff but we can talk about what made him a legend right right? uh this and this is that's exactly how I started out with my voice it was like well how like I want to teach people how to sing what they're passionate about and and it's been through just my own sort of journey of exploration that it's like finding out what those techniques are and what is it that creates that and how do you tap into that and control that and create those sounds and stuff and then it's just been a matter of as I've moved forward just meeting other coaches and learning from other people through across the planet just like okay what is the technique behind what I'm teaching it's like we're teaching the same thing but where's the science behind it like what 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 am I actually teaching people to do can you tell me what I'm doing so it's (laughs) it's been really interesting because I came at it exactly with that approach of like what are you passionate what do you want to sing let's do it let's let's create your sound and, and get you doing it so and then yeah it was kind of the the backwards way of learning the science behind the theory or the mm-hmm. theory behind the voice or whatever um so yeah no that's that's really cool i love that because there are so many people who are intimidated by things like theory and structure and all that boring crap and it's just like no I, I, this is based on emotion and feel and just creating some really cool stuff well and uh a, a story that comes to mind because like we can be didactic all we want it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to sink in and so i a story that i often tell my students uh is one about the the beatles when uh paul and john were young they're learning how to play guitar and there you know there was no tab there was no internet yeah you know they heard about a guy on the other side of town who knew a particular chord that they didn't know. Right. So they hopped on the bus, went across town. I don't know. They knock on the guy's door. I'm telling the story like I was there. But I just, <laughs> you I, were the guy with the mythical chord. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never age. No. Uh, I'm just repeating their story. Uh, 
but so they go and this guy quickly teaches them the B7 chord or, right. or whatever it is. And now they've learned it and they got a whole bus ride to take across town. So what do they do? So they don't forget the chord. They put it in a song. Right. So so the learning of the chord is not just about the fingering of it and the technique of it. It's the context of it. Right. And why, why were these two arguably the greatest songwriters of all time? Because they uh, expanded what that chord means to them. Right. They, they had to practice it on the bus. They had to travel there. So it means more. Right. Just looking something up on the internet and going, yeah, okay, there's the chord. And then it's forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't have the same uh, meaning yes. to it. So yeah. I try to emphasize that. If, if I could put a story to every chord. Right. You know, then then that seeps into the songs. It That's seeps so into the performance. Yeah, I love that. So tell me what's going on with your music. You've got your album and and hello, Village Brewery. What the heck is with your cask, your birthday yeah. thing? How like hey, so tell me about all of these things. Okay. Well, I I'll start I'll start with how we teamed up with Village. Yeah. Because I just try to look for cool opportunities, unique opportunities to not just play music, but to like just make memories for right. myself and, and for people. So uh, Village Brewery, which is a, a Calgary brewery, they do this amazing thing where you design your own beer Very cool. with them and they make a keg and then you throw a concert and people try, try your beer. So I had recently gotten back from Japan so I w wanted to make uh, uh, a beer that was kind of uh, like that and also about my new album. Right, right. So we, my, the album was called, uh, or is called, In Shadow and Light. Yeah. So I wanted to play off like a light and dark beer. Maybe it's an amber. And then we infused it with a little bit of sake. Oh, my gosh. Since I had just gotten back... Uh, from Japan. Sounds good. And I I really liked it. A lot of people really liked it. Some people didn't. But I mean that's the nature <laughs> that's... of, you know, I'm I'm no brewmaster. <laughs> but I did work with their brewmaster who was really cool and, and taught me a lot. So again, that's cool. mu music has uh been a, a gateway into all these cool opportunities right. where I I've, I've played on a train and um you know, uh, on a boat nice. and in a steel mill. Like really music cool. doesn't just have to be on a traditional stage. Right. Especially now um, in our COVID times yes. or during the just, pandemic. You just did a gig just recently for people on their balconies, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I rented a like 18 foot flatbed trailer nice. so that the band could move from apartment building to apartment building to oh old folks home. Oh my homes. gosh. So we we played five locations in Calgary's East Village. That's right. And so here we are, like holding our guitars, sitting on a trailer, yeah. just like driving down the road. So so it's just about finding new opportunities. Yeah. When I first started, uh, my first serious band, we were all underage. Right. So we couldn't play in the bars. Yeah. So I talked to the ski hill. Right. And I said, can we play in the cafeteria? And they said, oh, we've never done that before. And I had to build a, a PA. Yeah. Uh, I've 
I've been making my own opportunities yeah, for, cool. you know, for, for even longer than I've been a professional because that's it. sort of the necessity as an artist. Totally. Uh, you, can't, you can't just wait for things to come for you. Yeah. So. That's yeah. fantastic. That's awesome. So how, how did it go with your, your parade style gig? I, I love that. I, I didn't realize you did several different locations. That's really smart. Was it well received? Lots of people? Uh, the, the, the gig went well. It was neat to see um, people up on their balconies and nice. I would sort of wave. And then later I would get an Instagram message Aww. and it was like their view of the show. So it was kind of like we were playing to a huge stadium. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you know there's people there, but you can't quite right. connect them in, in the same way. So you have to be like really, really big and, and reach for them kind of. But uh yeah, it, it was nice. fun and it was really nice to uh, play with the band again because I've yeah. done some live stream mm -hmm. things, but it's been solo. Yes. And yes. so it was kind of nice to, to see them again and it felt That's almost cool. normal. Aww. Any plans to do any more stuff like that? Uh, I I think we're, I mean, we're going to try yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's quite the endeavor it's a big to undertaking. rent the trailer hire yeah. a driver you know you, we needed a whole crew because yeah. Yeah. to set everything up and pull everything off five times like yeah yeah but I, I would love to do it again uh, I've been doing a couple of you know very distant uh driveway concerts nice. for oh, you know really people's cool. birthdays or, or barbecues mm -hmm. um but I, again a lot online where yeah. you know a cameraman in a mask is yeah. swirling around you so but at the same time I, i'm i'm trying to sort of reflect and recharge my batteries mm -hmm. and and write some new songs but it is also hard to stay motivated too right because yeah. uh you don't know when that next show is yeah yeah and that's the thing is who knows what the future is on that scale, but I love, like, you, you've set yourself up already with that ingenuity and that, that approach of creating your own opportunities. So the next show is when you created at this point by the sound of things. I mean, yeah, there are a lot yeah, of musicians who are just really, you know, down on it and I don't know, what's the point in practicing? Because when am I going to perform? Blah, blah, blah. But I love the approach that like, you know what? There are opportunities out there. It's just coming at it from a different angle and being uh, being prepared to try some new things. And so. To, to be fair, I have those moments too. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, I just, I rarely talk about them in uh, interviews. No, I, I get it. Teaching vocals too. There's, I'm sure quite a few of my clients are like, well, what's the point? Because when am I going to be going on tour again? When am I going to be singing again on stage? Like why? But it's, you know what? It, it's the reason we get into music in the first place. It's that passion, that drive, that feeling that you get. So we don't all pick up a guitar for the first time or start singing a song for the first time based on, when am I going on tour? So I guess holding on to what it does for us mentally and what it does for other people when we do get to perform. So I'm trying to keep that positive momentum going. So yeah, it, it's true. I, I think back to when I, I was probably in high school and I thought like, I'm going to make a go of this as, as a musician. And I, I, 
remember thinking like, uh, I mean, it would be nice to be like hugely famous, but I don't really want to be the Beatles. Right. I just right. want to play music full time, hang out with my friends. And then I, I achieved that pretty quickly. Yes. And I thought, damn, I should have dreamt bigger. <laughs> but now I, I do have to remind myself every once in a while, when, well, let's say something doesn't go my way or I don't get that festival gig that I wanted, <clears throat> that I'm, I'm pretty lucky to get to, to do this at all. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That, and that's, you know, good on you for, for thinking that way. Um, it's, it's so fascinating because I watch shows like Idol and all of that stuff and I'm always so happy when the person that I'm really rooting for comes second because I'm just terrified for what happens if they're like, okay, now you're owned by Disney. <laughs> there goes your creative input or whatever because Kelly Clarkson had a heck of a time like getting out of what she wanted, you know, being able to do what she wanted to do and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, there's some incredible talent coming up through that now. And sometimes I just think, I don't know if you're, are you ready for it? Do you really want that? Like, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting kind of predicament to be in, to be like, you know, sure. It'd be great to be, to have your tour bus crew who can help you with your, your five stop tour that you're doing in a day. <laughs> Like yeah. you could just be like, oh, I'll pay for the crew and I'll pay for that medical team with the steroid shots and all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, that that side of it would be awesome. But again, there's it's a catch-22. I really... If you view it as any other business or any other career, mm -hmm. uh, there are uh, pros and cons to, to both. Like uh, being in debt to your record label and yes. having no creative control. Yeah. That so sounds like a drag to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I quite often compare uh, when we're talking about major label artists or, you know, so signed super famous artists. Yeah. It's it's no different than um, the, the sort of the food industry. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody goes to like a local mom and pop diner mm -hmm. and goes like, oh, why aren't you McDonald's? Yeah. Don't you do you wish you were McDonald's? Right. That's sort of when you approach like an independent songwriter and you go like, oh, I bet you really want to be famous one day. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't do that to, you know, the fine dining establishment in whatever city. Right. It's like, no, they want to do what they want to do. And that's their business. And they're chasing, you know, a dream that is not necessarily to serve 100 billion yeah. worldwide. Yeah. No, it's. It is a really, it's a unique thing. And to for those who have been able to find that and stay true to their initial goal and dream, it's like, wow, that's that's very, very rare. Very rare indeed. So um, so tell me a little bit about your, your latest release that comes with a beer. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your latest album. I, lo um, I love, uh, I'm not sure when it came out, but the, your, um, your your video for everything connected i think it is with all the amps and stuff yeah that's such a cool setup i love that visual it looks really really cool um so yeah tell me a bit about all of that stuff where people can find things where people can find you all, all of that kind of stuff so the album is called in shadow and light and it's uh it's everywhere it's spotify apple music and youtube and all all those places right. you just have to search matt blaze b-l-a-i-s and you will find it uh everything connected uh 
was actually that video was filmed in my basement. Really? Yeah. And what I had done was I, I kind of wanted to build this big speaker wall. Mm -hmm. And so I just put the call out and I picked up old broken ones off nice. Kijiji. I borrowed from friends, uh, some I already had, and yeah. I just built this wall and, and had the idea to, to do a video in Very front of it. Cool. And so people think that it was done in some studio, but it was actually just done in the unfinished basement. I love that. Yeah, it's like a completely cool retro twist on the Marshall stack wall. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. way cooler. And so the album itself is just kind of my journey as a professional musician yeah. uh, in, in this particular era where we are trying to balance authenticity uh, but still look good on our Instagram story, right? Where things are... Uh, filtered and really curated, uh, yet we feel the need to express ourselves constantly. So not just that song, but really the whole album is is sort of uh, the age-old struggle of, of good versus evil, but uh, more in the sense of it's harder to tell which is which. Wanting to be genuine, but also wanting to be perfect at the same time. That is Instagram culture. Right. Well, and and even I, I filmed a, a little video that'll be released in a in a few weeks, a live performance video. And, you know, watching it back. Oh, I wish I could have done that differently or should have done that. Maybe we, we could have done this. There's all those there's all those doubts because you want it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a constant struggle to remind yourself that art is about uh, humanity. Right. And, and, and so I, I really try to, uh, like, like my next record, I've been thinking I will do it completely live. We'll do it Love in it. a studio, but there will be special invites. And, you know, oh. may, uh, so that it has that live performance feel. Yeah. Uh, and, just to experiments that's that's really what in my opinion albums are is is experiments in Absolutely. expression and you look back on it uh with you know hindsight be like did i did i get across what i was trying to okay no next experiment yes or maybe i did so let's let's try that again but express something else where did you record your last album the, the record took a, a long time to make, act, mm -hmm. actually. Part of that was because I was on the road a lot. Right. And also because I was writing the songs very slowly. Okay. So when I had three songs ready, I flew to Toronto to start okay. working with the producer, Brian Moncars. Cool. And we would just focus on those three songs. Mm -hmm. And then I would go home. Yeah. I'd fly back to Calgary. And he and I would do Skype meetings like this and I'd play him that song. He'd go, that's really great. Let's add that to the list. And then when I had another three, yeah. I went back to Toronto. We did three more. Uh, and then I did three in Calgary because money was tight and there were a lot of gigs. So I did six in Toronto, three in Calgary, and then just sort of like intermingled them together because th thematically they were similar. Okay. Um, and and so I woke up and I thought, okay, this this album feels almost done. I wrote one more song. Yeah. To like I, I needed a final song of the album, yeah. which was along for the ride. I wrote that in a day. Nice. I called the producer and was like, get the crew together, let's finish this. And and then I put it out on vinyl. I love which, that you did that too. 
I, I, that was so right when I was getting into music and like I said, Bob Dylan and the mm-hmm. doors, I got into records yeah. too. And something my dad and I would do is just go around to garage sales and, and try to find those, those diamonds in the rough uh, that people didn't know yes. were, were amazing. Yes. And so I've always had a soft spot for vinyl. So uh, I put mine out in last summer and touring, selling them off the stage. Mm-hmm. But now I can't gig as much. Yeah. No festivals. We got a basement full of uh, boxes of vinyl. <laughs> so I'm going to keep calling it my new album. Yes. Yes. For at least an- another six months. Yes. Because COVID has robbed me of prime <laughs> album selling uh, time. Man. So it, it's going to be. It's going to be my new album until at least 2023. I love this. And I lo- just that, oh, vinyl is just, there's something magic about it. And I love that it's back with a vengeance, but I'm also kind of like, oh, but that's the secret. <laughs> now it's like the trendy thing. <laughs> but I it's, love that it's back. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But again, there's that nostalgia yes. factor yes. to it. And I think in a world that is becoming increasingly digital and less tangible Mm -hmm. to hold on to something uh, feels really good. And that's why I'm enjoying the woodworking so much and making these, these shelves because uh, you know, feeling disconnected from people and from the world and only seeing it through a screen right now. It's been nice to, you know, touch something. And like, even I got a splinter in my thumb the other day and I was like, (laughs) That hasn't happened since I was a kid. Because how often are we like, you know, playing and and experimenting with something tangible? Yes, I love it. No, my husband and I are obsessed with vinyl at the moment, and and it's funny. I, I put a thing on Instagram the other day about like, yeah, he got drunk last night. I'm waiting to see how much vinyl arrives on the doorstep Whoa. over the following week. And seriously, two days later, there's a knock on the door. I'm like, oh, it's begun. The arrival of the drunk purchases of vinyl. It's Coming through. That's uh I sold a vinyl a few days ago. It, it might have might be in that package. It could quite possibly anything can happen. So how how do we help you unload your basement? How can people get hold of this vinyl from you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, probably the best way is to find me on the internet. Uh, and everything is Matt Blaze Music. Okay. So Instagram, the handle is Matt Blaze Music. Same with Facebook. And people can uh, listen to it there. Send me a message. They can stream it on on Spotify and Apple. But uh, I am my own uh, staff, right? So it. every email that comes to me, uh, I I will answer it. Go check out Matt Blaze. Go buy some vinyl. He needs his his basement empty to make more music videos. <laughs> exactly more space for more music videos um but yeah like i love that you're out playing again even though it's in a very different way but keep creating new ways to do new things because we need it and we love it and it's so awesome so uh yeah everyone go check out matt blaze music all over the internet and social all those things and uh so good chatting with you anything else you want to mention I don't, else I don't think on. so. I just want to say uh, thank you very much. Aww, it was you. very nice to see you again. Yes, and uh, one day, hopefully soon, in person. So yes. stay, stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today, Matt. It's been really good to catch up with you. 
please do check out Matt Blaze Music on social and all over the internet too, as well as Rocket Vocal Studios for more vocal coaching tips and industry insights too. Feel free to share, tell your friends, be great to uh, get the word out, and thank you for listening.